Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. We share some articles and things that we're looking at and thinking about on there. So check that out. And you can always interact with us as well by emailing us at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 85, 82.5, and as always on the point five, I'm joined with the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginter. E-Dub, how you doing today? Pretty good, Bo. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done it at point five. That's on me. I've been extremely busy work-wise and just been crazy busy at O'Connor Advisory Group, but... uh, we are starting to get, get, get through tax time, and now we got a little time. So, whew. but you go to oagks.com, all your financial questions, hit the contact us, it'll come to me. I'm there to help you, exactly. And hey, I'm glad it's been busy in a good way and not uh, it break your back way. It has, yes, it has been one of those good kind of busies. When they said it's a good kind of problems, they say in the wire, yep. Speaking of the wire, I know you you watched the wire, right? Yes, yes, I did. And you're like me. You think that's one of the best TV shows of all time, right? Yeah, and I even like season two. Yeah, it's like it's it's my second. It's number two in Sopranos. I was talking to Uncle Rico, and we did uh-huh. we recorded the draft preview, and afterwards we talked for like an hour and a half, and we were talking about TV stuff. It was kind of a cool, kind of cool conversation. He said he never watched the wire, and I said, "Oh, if anybody I know who would like the wire." It is you. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, the the I use that line all the time that that's a good kind of problem. That's yeah. still straight I mean, stolen from the wire. <laughs> I, I definitely got to it late because I didn't watch it until maybe four years ago, but still, it's well worth you know, the time. You know who hit me to it was our old friend, Chris Yule. Because he I, loved the show. Yeah, well, and he, and he was working for the Baltimore Sun. So, I mean. He worked for the Sun when it came out. And he's the guy that replaced the guy who wrote that show. The, the yeah. writer of that show was worked for the Baltimore Sun. And Chris was the guy who took his job eventually when he left the Sun to, to start writing Homicide Life on the Street. And then, then took, then did The Wire. Now, talk about a show that I wish was streaming somewhere. Is Homicide Life. Oh, my God. One of the best ever. So but it, that show was so good. And I don't know why we got this big sidetrack here, but I like it. Um, that show was so good. That's what led to HBO doing the content they do. Yeah. Because it was edgy and it was on NBC edgy. I know. And it was prime time. And Andre Brower was so good in that show. Everybody was good on that show. And then you had, um, that's what also led to all the Law and Order stuff. Like it was like an edgy version of detectives of like Law and Order, but better. I've always think that's a better show than any of the Law and Orders. And that, not that I think Law and Order's bad. I I generally sit down and like those, but yeah, agreed. All right, we got a lot to catch up on, so we're going to hit a lot of stuff. Do we want to start in sports or away from sports? We can go either way. I think we should. And I know we'll piss the people off with this, but let's just go ahead and go there. Let's talk about the guy that we just yell fuck you to a lot on this podcast and finally got his 
Yep. Tucker Carlson has been fired by Fox News. Yep. So you want to say it with me? Fuck you, Tucker Carlson. And I I don't know, man. I'm glad he's gone. I'm curious to see who uh, is going to get asked next at Fox. Because uh, whether it's Judge Judy or Maria... What's it's going to be wild and there's going to be a continued bloodletting given the yeah. ongoing litigation. I, I have found it funny that when I get on like Twitter, which is not a real place, but Twitter is, it does give you some ideas what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. The nut jobs, the right wing nut jobs are trying to turn this into Tucker Carlson as a martyr. And I'm like, no, he's a con man in a criminal and spread lies and did it and cost his employer almost $800 million. Oh yeah. And there's defamation. He's going to get defamation lawsuits done at him now. And then yep. he's a protection of Fox and we're hearing about stuff off the, off the reservation about him, which none of this surprises me. I mean, he, no, I mean, he's generally a horrible human being. Yep. And, so- uh, It was just kind of crazy, too, because I was watching CNN that morning on Monday. Also spending my time on Twitter and I was like, hey, Tucker gets axed. And I just seen Don Lemon doing. Yeah, I heard Don Lemon first. And then he gets axed like an hour later. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So yeah, so I hear the Don Lemon fire just had to do more of the ratings. You know, Don Lemon had been um, fucking around and finding out a little bit over the last few years. He was suspended earlier this year for um, misogynist comments he made about Nikki Haley and how she was past her prime as a female running for president. Um, I had seen that there's some goofball GOP kid who's running for president that he had interviewed him on Monday or something like that or the Friday before and maybe that led to some of the issues I don't really know but Don had been skating on some thin ice over the last year or so well you know he's he and his ratings were horrible they were getting they were people were turning away from him and CNN does not like that so no they'll they'll move on they'll move on from you and repeal you and replace you Sure. Look, they're all a cog, and when it's all said and done, they're all just a cog in the wheel. We all are in some, in some way, shape, and form, and we're in some kind of corporate setting. As um, my, as my old boss used to say, you're just a fungible business unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's too bad. Yeah, um, I'm lucky I got out of that rat race and started my own firm. So there you go. Yeah, it took hey, but it's taken a while to be successful. So. <laughs> I've had to uh, go through a lot of sh- eat a lot of shit to get to there where I'm at now. So, but at least you're there now. So I am. I am. It's taking some time, but we're here. All right. Hey, let's um, let look. There's a lot of football talk today, and usually I got Uncle Rico in here. We already previewed the NFL draft coming in. We're recording this Saturday. Uh, was it's about noontime, and I wanted to wait till after Friday the Friday night picks rounds two and three before I started the grading drafts. And it's hard to really grade a draft because we don't know what players are going to do, how injuries are going to happen. 
So I, I don't tend to like giving like, this is an A grade, this is a B grade. Instead, I'm just going to kind of look at like who I think improved their team okay. and who I think didn't improve. Um, and let's I'll kind of start at the top of the draft and how it worked. One and two went just as Uncle Rico and I predicted. Okay. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. And we and we you know, there was a lot of smoke that like Levis was gonna go all the way to one. Yep. Um I don't know when I heard that, so this was uh Thursday morning. I heard that Levis, like the betting odds on Levis on DraftKings and other places. Uh DraftKings is a proud sponsor of the Coach Bonos podcast. Um had gone from like he went from like off the board for the number one pick to being eight to one. And it, of course it was because of something on Reddit. Right. So, and he was the betting favorite to go number two. Number two, yeah. So whenever I heard the words because of a report on Reddit, mm-hmm. am I alone that I just ignore that and keep it moving? I mean, it's one of those things. Like there are some great content creators on Reddit. Like there's a college, you know, football Reddit um, group that it's sweet, but it's also full of conspiracy theories of any kind and shape and style. So, I mean, that's essentially what this became was a conspiracy theory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So every year in the draft, someone falls. I mean, someone just drops like a stone. We've seen it. You know, if you watch the draft, they kept comparing Will Levis to Aaron Rodgers and some of that stuff. And then we've seen, like, in my lifetime, we've seen, like, Randy Moss was one that dropped bad. Warren Sapp was one that I – Was that Brady? Yeah. Um, So kind of reviewing the first few picks here. First two, which is what we thought. Bryce Young, number one, from Alabama to English Carolina. The Texans then take C.J. Stroud. And like we, like I had said on the pod before, I think C.J. Stroud's the most ready of these four quarterbacks. And I'm going to lump a fifth quarterback here, and that's Hendon Hooker. We're going to talk about him today, too. But the five quarterbacks, that's Young, Stroud, um, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Hidden Hooker. He's the top five. Now, I'll tell you that I think all five of those guys are better quarterback prospects than any quarterback prospect last year. Okay. I also think that any of those five would have been the first quarterback taken. I think four of those five would have been the first overall pick last year. Okay. Um, well, I guess now based on what's going on, maybe three of them would have been. But the surprise to me in round one was the next pick. We knew that Arizona was not going to make a pick at three. That was going to be a trade. Uncle Rico and I assumed that it was going to be a trade and someone coming up to get Levis or Richardson. Mm-hmm. Instead, the Texans pull off what I think is a tremendous trade. They trade their one next year and their two next year. I think it was well, it was one and three next year. They're two this year. Okay. They then moved down. Um, who was it that was a three? Arizona moved down to six, which was the Texans' second pick. I mean, they moved down to 10 or 12, I think it was, and they moved back up to six later. And Anyway, the Texans grabbed the third overall pick. 
and go and pick Will Anders, which if you want to argue non-quarterbacks, there are two players that would be the first pick overall in this draft. Will Anderson Jr. from from Alabama, and the guy that I think is the best player in this draft, which is Jalen Carter from Georgia. I think that both of them are outstanding. They're both going to be perennial pro bowlers. They're both guys who upside is a Hall of Fame career. Okay. In a lot of years where you didn't have a great quarterback in a draft, those two guys would have been number one last year. Sure. Either of them. So now the Texans, and, you know, we've talked about this. I've talked about it with Uncle Rico as well on here, is I loved the opportunity that that job had as a coach. You basically were going in with a blank slate. You had a shitload of draft picks. You had the number two pick. You needed a quarterback. And when I was in Houston a couple weekends ago, I was talking to some people at a couple places I was at, and I heard this analogy. thought it was a beautiful analogy. I've always said – you want the you need the every team needs the player you put on the billboard to sell tickets. Yep. This guy was now were talking. He said, "The thing we don't have is a Texas fan." He was, he was a Texas fan. He says, "We don't have a guy that kids want to buy his jersey." Okay. He says we haven't since JJ Watt, and the feeling there was that that team had really started to. It's like the bad luck stuff had happened to him. And it really it goes back to the 21 point lead in the first quarter against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah. Five years ago now. Since then, it's been bad luck down the road. JJ Watt got hurt. He goes to Arizona. Deshaun Watson goes through what Deshaun Watson goes through. They have to change everything. The owner dies. His wife yep. takes the team. Um, she ain't fucking around. She wants to win. I gotta mm-hmm. respect her. I respect her a lot more than I do the Saints owner. <laughs> Oh, we're going to go there, too. I blew up the Saints' uh, Twitter and Facebook world this weekend, apparently, as well. Um, But I love what the Texans did. Basically, the Texans said, hey, we'll give up next year's number one and a little bit of – a little put a little hot sauce on it, and we're going to go get the best non-quarterback in this draft. Mm -hmm. That's how you build a team. Yeah. I, I think it's a great job by the Texans. It's 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 going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to develop together as a team. I mean, that's going to be the thing now is that it's just can they pull everything together and actually yeah. get to where they were five years ago? Yeah. So when you build a defense, you build a defense by having an attacking front, and you need to have one guy in the back half. They've already got that with Derek Stingley. I mean, he's one of the best young corners in the league. He might be. He's going to be a perennial pro bowler as well. So now you've got the, I mean, he was the best player on the team already. Uh-huh. So now you got a corner you know is good. They go get an outside linebacker who's a pass rush phenom. And then they went and got a guy who's a quarterback who's going to be starting day one. He's yeah. the best prospect of starting day one. I think CJ Stroud has the lowest bus potential of the five quarterbacks. Interesting. I don't. I don't think he's going to be – he passes the the Tyler Jones, Coach Bo test of you got to be Dak Prescott or better to win a Super Bowl. Okay. But he is not going to be a Hall of Fame. So just a steady day-to-day guy who's yeah. going to put up the numbers and yeah. get win. He can be Phillip Rivers. Okay. And that's good enough. 
Hopefully he doesn't cry as much as Philip does. Hopefully not, yeah. But I just and and I heard some of the stuff about, you know, supposedly he's got like a personality where he's a um he's a little prickly. Okay. I guess he rubbed the Mannings wrong. Um, I guess he had a thing at the Manning Passing Academy where he rubbed Archie Manning wrong. Look, there's no bigger Manning apologist than me. Yeah. But you're also dealing with a kid who was 20, like 19 or 20 at the time. I get it. Let's let him go. And I think this kid's going to be good. So kudos to the Texans. They get yeah. two and three. And they, now they're not going to have a first-round pick next year. But they also know their first-round pick next year is likely not a top-five pick. Okay. So if you know you're going to be a little better, they're in a division where they can win six or seven games. So they're not going to be this horrible top five picking team next year. You take that pick and trade up. You get the top five pick for a non-top five pick. Right. I don't disagree with that at all. I kind of like that. I wouldn't like it the other way around. Fair. Well, then, then the Colts are sitting at four, and we knew they'd go quarterback, and the world thought they were taking Will Levis. I thought they were going to take Will Levis. And then they don't surprise me in taking Anthony Richardson. Yep. Um, I think, and I don't know if you've heard me, heard the pod from earlier in the week, I think Anthony Richardson has the ability to be not only the best player in this draft, but the best player in the NFL. Okay. I think he is, I think his upside is Patrick Mahomes. Now, Say that because he has every physical skill that you would ever want as a quarterback. He's an alien. Sure. He's a better athlete than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's a better athlete than 99% of the players in the NFL. There's a problem now, though. He's going to the damn Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. That, that's, oh, this was, that's kind of a rough spot to start from. Of all the places he could have gone. This might be the worst. Yeah, it. I mean, when was the last time that that team had their shit together enough? Yeah. Since Peyton, that you actually thought about them. Yeah. Jim Irsay is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Oof. Inherited team from his father. My understanding is that Jim Irsay, amongst owners is one of the best football people. He actually understands the game much better than most of the football people, most of the other owners as far as football people. Okay. However, he has, since he's taken over that franchise, lucked into drafting Peyton Manning. Then they made the hard decision to let Peyton Manning go because of his neck injury. Mm -hmm. But really they did that because they got the number one pick again and they get the perfect quarterback in Andrew Buck. And when I say the perfect quarterback, he is absolutely and was the perfect quarterback. The injury bug got to him. And if you don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck and why he's not playing anymore, it's a great article in The Athletic that came out back in January. And he doesn't blame the Colts, but the Colts weren't real helpful as an organization. Okay. Um, I mean, he says, look, I, some of his medical stuff, I'm just not able to physically do it anymore. And sure. he, he opted, a, he, he's already rich. He said, I'm, I'm rich. 
I don't need to do this to myself anymore. I'm just not going to play quarterback anymore. For real. And so now the Colts get to four, and they made the smart choice with Anthony Richardson. But now you've got to put the pieces around. You've got to now get him everything, and I'll compare this to Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs went and got Patrick Mahomes. What did they do? They sat him for a year behind Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. They go get offensive gurus as offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches, and this guy's had the best coaches you can have. I mean, he has had tremendous coaching. I went and pulled the Colts coaching staff, and I went, oh. Because they just hired a new coach, right? They did. Hiring Frank Rich. Uh, Frank Reich is gone. Frank Reich actually is um, – where did he end up? Is he with the he's, Texans? Uh, Carolina, he's Carolina's new coach. Carolina, yeah. okay. He hired the perfect staff for Bryce Young. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, let me get this pulled back up because I want to show you – I want to read the, the coaching staff from the Colts. And, okay, so uh, Stain, Shane Steckham is the new coach of the of – the, Colts. He was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Okay. We don't know exactly what's going to happen there yet. I mean, an offensive mind, but the offensive mind is not in the quarterback's room every day. The offensive coordinator of the Colts is Jim Bob Cooter. Now, everyone goofs like you just did about the name Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, he he said like he's a good old boy from Cal. I guess a made-up nickname almost. Hey, yeah. Jim Cooter, you know, feel like somebody who did something when he was in high school when he was drunk. Exactly. <laughs> he can't live the name down now. Um, been in the league 16 years, and he's been all over the place. He's been with the Eagles for a couple of years as an offensive assistant. He just spent some time with the Dolphins as an offensive assistant with Mike McDaniel. Um, he was one of the co- quarterback coaches and offensive assistants for Peyton Manning with the Colts mm-hmm. at the end of Peyton Manning's career. I know Peyton Manning particularly does like Jim Bob Cooper, and he helped him with his career. But then I started looking, like, who are the other offensive – you want to start looking for who are the – who's the quarterback's coach and yep. who are the other offensive um, – well, now they call them, you know, offensive special assistant or something like that. And I started looking, and I was like, oh, my God. Quarterback's coach is Cam Turner, who has got a lot of experience, but not really a lot of success – and then I started looking around, and I was like, this is not a great staff. It's just a bunch of white guys. Um, I mean, I got a couple of brothers on here, but not as, well, now that I look at this, the whole is kind of half and half. I like their wide receivers coach was Reggie Wayne. and uh, But I don't like, like, I just don't see where you've got the coach that's going to be the handholder. Okay. It's going to be sitting next to Anthony Richardson, every film session, uh-huh. every practice. I just don't know that Cam Turner is that guy. Plus, Cam Turner is going to be worried about getting the, getting the preparing for this team and for a game every week. Right. I flipped that to say, here's how you can know when a team understands the assignment. I'm now pulling up the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Panthers coaching staff. I thought the Carolina. There we go. 
Carolina coaching staff, again, off of their head coach, Frank Wright, quarterback guy. But again, you're not going to see him. He's not going to be handing, he's not going to be holding Bryce Young's hand every day. Right. Quarterback's coach is Josh McCown. Look, Josh McCown's a future head coach in this league. And mm-hmm. he is, I like when the journeyman quarterback is a QB coach. Yeah. And I know that he's really good. I love the assistant head coach is Deuce Staley, who's going to be a head coach in the NFL. Yep. But with the the Panthers did different than what the Colts have done. Mm -hmm. Panthers went and got a couple of senior assistants. Uh, Specifically, they went and got Jim Caldwell. Nice. Caldwell, former coach of the Colts, of the Lions, and he has been a quarterback guru. He was the one that Peyton Manning said when he was his position coach and his offensive coordinator helped him progress more in his career than anybody. Yeah. When Jim Caldwell was in Detroit is when Matt Stafford had his best seasons. Yep. He had 5,000-yard passing seasons. Bryce Young is set up for he's going to have Jim Caldwell in every film session, in every quarterback meeting, in at every practice, standing there next to him. Yeah. He's gonna get tired of, but that's great. That's what you want. That's how you make a young player successful. And the Colts need to do that immediately. They need to go find their quarterback guru right now and yeah. get him with Anthony Richardson. Because if you can do that. And you can get him with Anthony Richardson, and you can get an offense built around this kid. He could be phenomenal. The problem is now, the Colts are going to hurry Anthony Richardson to where he's going to play this season. Anthony Richardson should not have a single snap in 2023. Not a single one. Not even in a 28-point loss or 28-point win. Period, point blank. He should have a single snap. But instead, I guarantee you, he's a starting quarterback by week six. So who is projected per, on the current roster to be the starting quarterback since Matt Ryan got benched? Let me look at it real quick. Um, I don't even remember. <laughs> I, oh, hell. I had it and I didn't have it. Uh, quarterback room right now is let me get this pulled up Gardner Minshew ah currently currently in the quarterback room for the Colts is Gardner Minshew Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger Now, you're not going to keep a fourth quarterback, so one of them's got to go. Nick Foles, if Nick Foles is there to be Anthony Richardson's quarterback's coach in a way, I can see that. That'd be a good idea. Sam Ellinger's probably the odd man out here. Yeah. I despise Gardner Minshew. I think he is, just because he has an interesting mustache, does not make him an interesting football player. <laughs> so get all the way the fuck out of here with that. But I'll, I will say right now, I think by the middle of the season, they're going to rush Anthony Richardson to be the quarterback, and it's going to hurt him. Quite literally, possibly. Yes. And, and 
if you look, we talked about this. Remember, beginning of football season, the Chiefs made the trade. They traded Tyreek Hill away. Right. And people, Chiefs fans were not happy. You recall what myself, Uncle Rico, and I think even you were on this boat with us. This was better for Mahomes. Yeah. It was going to force him to be a more complete quarterback. Exactly. Anthony Richardson does not need to be rushed. Same as you didn't rush Mahomes. And it's the same situation. I would let Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles get their ass kicked all season long. And I wouldn't play. I wouldn't even suit him up half the time. If he's in there, he's going to have no helmet, a ball cap, and an earpiece. I mean, that's fair. Things, and I think we've talked about this too. That over the last five years, the mentality of having that marquee draft quarterback start mm -hmm. too quickly has become the norm. Instead of yeah. letting them sit a year or two behind a veteran starter to learn the system, to understand the league, to actually come up to speed because the game is so much faster. Yeah. And you're exposing these guys literally to huge issues as far as getting injured because they're running all over the place and, you know, they don't understand how to read their protections and this, that, and the other. It's it's not a bad thing to have the opportunity to learn your job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think of it as on the job training. And I think in this case, he Anthony Richardson needs some time. Yeah. The dude's a freak. He's an absolute and I understand you want to put that talent on the field. I get that. Sure. And you fans want to are gonna and fans are gonna try to pressure you into it too. Yeah. But be careful what you wish for because this guy is special, special. I yeah. mean, like Wrap his ass in bubble wrap this year and <laughs> play him in 2024. Get him you the knock, the only knock on Anthony Richardson's game was that his completion percentage wasn't as high. He had a bad completion percentage. It was on par kind of with where Josh Allen was. Okay. And a lot of that is really hard to get better at. And Josh Allen's kind of the outlier of someone who has done that in his career. Anthony Richardson's a better athlete than Josh Allen. Oh, Josh yeah. Allen's dream of being a good, as good athlete as Anthony Richardson. I, I've just seen so many times where Anthony Richardson's made plays that literally nobody, Patrick Mahomes included, could make. Yeah. And and he did it in the SEC against, you know, the best defenses. I mean, against Alabama, against LSU, against Georgia. He played all three of those teams all years. Both years. He was starting quarterback there. He and he had some of his best games against yeah. Georgia and LSU. Um, yeah, I just I, I'm rooting for Anthony Richardson, but I'm worried that he's going to be an Indianapolis Colt. So, um, as we go down the draft, I'm gonna let's just do this now. We're gonna talk about the quarterbacks now. We're gonna come back to the, the regular draft and everything. Okay. We talked about a little bit about how we think where CJ Stroud's gonna be. You know, starting quarterback probably day one. Bryce Young, I think, will be quarterback day one. Um, yeah. And rightfully so. They're going to put a lot of pieces around him and make him better. I, I would feel better if he got to – I'd like to see him play in the preseason. 
And if he okay. plays well in the preseason, make him the starting quarterback. But I think that they're also looking at it going, yeah, we can win this division. And to me, Carolina is the favorite in the NFC South. Okay. So I, I think that he's going to end up starting at the beginning. Um, the next one of those top four was Will Levis. Mm-hmm. And Will Levis, unfortunately, got the Aaron Rodgers treatment. And he started dropping like a stone. Yeah. I'm watching the draft, and, you know, he's in the he's in the back. He's in the, the, the what do they call it, the little holding area, if you will. Green room. The green room back there. And he, and they keep showing him and his, his girlfriend. Do you see his girlfriend? No, I didn't really watch any of the coverage. Okay. You know, there's a meme out there of when Russell Wilson got drafted. Have you ever seen that meme? Maybe. Okay, okay. I'm just going to pull this up. I'll, I'll just show it to you. Um, but anyway, there's a meme of when Russell Wilson got drafted, his girlfriend at the time, and she made some, like, face. It's just a horrible-looking face. Um, is this the one he he married, but then they got divorced, and he's now with Sierra. And um, But anyway... You look at her and you go, okay, this is what quarterbacks shouldn't marry. Well, then I saw Will Levis's um, significant other. Go ahead and Google it. Just okay. Smoke show. So much so, there's now a meme that Will Levis. Um, it was a well, a picture of Will Levis with her. He has on the phone, and it was um, Will Levis is talking to uh, one of the coaches. And the coach says, can you put your girlfriend on? Well, why, coach? And he says, because we're going to draft her the next pick. Oh, she went to uh, Penn State, huh? Uh, I, I don't know anything about her. I don't know her name. don't know anything about her. I just know that. Hi, uh, Gia Duddy. She what? Her name is Gia Duddy. Okay, that's I'm not, not, okay, that's, that's strike one. But right. yes, I believe I see the picture where he's looking down at his phone and she looks like she's about to bitch slap someone. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Give me a woman with attitude. I like that. Yeah. Just, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a strong enough man that I can deal with that. She's, uh, the New York Post has her picture captioned as a budding social media influencer <laughs> who attended Penn State. So Will Levis drops all the way out of the first round. Doesn't go to the draft for round two for on Friday. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of understand. Um, but I also know that if I was Will Levis, I'd kind of like to be able to do that Darth Vader walk, you know, like Mac Jones did last year or two years uh-huh. ago. Um, but Levis, I think, went to a good situation. He got drafted by Tennessee to the Titans. The Titans are sitting there on Ryan Tannehill. This means that Will yeah. Levis is not the starting quarterback. He gets to sit behind Tannehill for the 2023 season. Will likely be the starting quarterback in 2024. Um, it's not a terrible situation. The, I did think that one of these teams was going to trade up to the end of the first round. And the only reason, and it's been said a lot, if you watch the coverage, you probably heard this. The way the NFL contracts work, if you're a first-round pick, Teams get a fifth-year option on you. And to be able to have a fifth-year option on a quarterback on their rookie contract saves you millions and millions of dollars. 
sure. it isn't just the cash. It's the cash and the salary cap space yep. to allow you to make that decision. So I thought for sure a team was going to move into, as I'm watching that night, after um, after the Cowboys pick at 27, the next five picks were Jacksonville, Cincinnati, New Orleans, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. And I thought, those are five teams that don't want quarterbacks or don't need them. Right. Well, let me rephrase that. Four of those teams don't need a quarterback. One doesn't want one. And that's why I'm no longer a fan of theirs. Right. And I thought, look, this is just an easy gig. And if you're, and I loved it if you were the Chiefs, especially because if you were the Chiefs and you have a bunch of picks already, you could have got real creative. You could have gone in and said, all right, you want to trade, say like the Titans want to go from two to, to 30 to 31, 32 in this case. Um, give us that pick. We'll swap the picks. We'll include one of our fourth round picks, but we want your third because the Chiefs didn't need 10 picks. They've already shown in rounds three and four, they're going to start trading some of those extra picks. They're not going to put with 10 picks they have in this draft. They can't put 10 guys in the roster. Yeah. It's about trying to move up as much as possible for the Chiefs in 2023's draft. So I understand why they did what they did. We're going to go to that next. But I was sitting there going, well, the Eagles, the Saints could have done that. The Bengals certainly could have done that. And to gotten an extra, getting, getting an extra pick, building depth. That's what good teams do. And that, the fact that – Is that Saints pick part of Sean Payton – that was the pick, yeah, the number 30 pick, which was actually 29. Um, that pick was the compensation for Sean Payton. Okay. Yeah, they got from the Broncos, which the Broncos got as part of the deal. Um, that was originally the 49ers pick that went to the Broncos in a trade, but then came to the Saints. Okay. And we'll talk about what the Saints did because, yeah, <laughs> I get to laugh at them now. I don't get to be upset anymore. I just have to laugh at them. There you go. But um, going back to the Will Levis thing, I was like, I was surprised because, again, that's the fifth year deal. That makes sense. And if you're one of those teams, especially with a team moving up, we've seen trades where the kind of the cost of doing business was the fourth round pick to move up a couple of spots in the first round. Mm -hmm. But when a team's trading up to that situation, you can get more out of it. Because you're just the GM, you're going to say, look, I know you're trading for a quarterback. I know what you're doing. Right. If you want this quarterback bad enough, you're going to have to pay us. So yeah. give us a better pick. Now, I don't think the Chiefs – I thought the Chiefs were the least likely team to do it out of those last five. And because they already had two shitloads of picks. It doesn't make any difference to them. Why the Bengals didn't do it, why the Saints didn't do it, the Eagles, I see once they made their pick why they didn't do it. But those two, and then even the Jaguars, I thought, could have done it. So that kind of surprised me. Um, but Levis went to a good situation, I think. Okay. There's going to be a backup to Ryan Tannehill. That's not a – that the one bad thing is that team is going to get blown up if they don't win this year. Yeah. That team, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna fire the. I mean, the coaching staff's gonna go the whole thing. Everyone's gone there if they don't win this year, and they're not gonna win this year. Okay. Oh, I, I think they're in serious fucking trouble in Tennessee. Yeah. So, but uh, 
Uh, again, that's that's one of those teams I think is going to drop like a like a fucking stone in, in the in a fucking lake when it comes to where they're going to be next year. They'll be a top five pick next year. Interesting. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be really bad in my in my view. So for Levis, it's a good idea. Um, the last one of the five. This is the kind of the guy that and I liked. Now I thought again, Richardson was the best prospect, like the top most top upside. Right. I thought that C.J. Stroud was the best today, but Bryce Jones the best situation. And then there's Hennon Hooker from Tennessee, who mm-hmm. carries his ACL the last regular season game of the year. This guy would have won the Heisman. He, not yeah. gonna he was going to win the Heisman. Now the knock on Hennon Hooker is he's 25 years old. He was a fifth-year college player. Uh, and he went to not a JUCO, but um, uh, one of those. Oh, what kind of school? Like a between high school and college, like one of those oh, prep, prep school, prep school, prep school. And then he went and played. Now, so the argument I saw was, well, he's older than, and it was like every quarterback taken since Burrow. Right, he's actually I mean, older than Herbert. It's like okay, I get it, but my thought process was this. This dude's an alien as well. He's not quite the alien that Anthony Richardson is. But this guy has been with great coaches at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like what he's done there. He is Peyton Manning's guy. Peyton Manning loves him. Peyton Manning's been been at the Manning Passing Academy the last couple of years, and he is Peyton Manning's project. Okay. (laughs) Um, And that's why he was at Tennessee. Um, But he's someone that knows the game, Athletic as hell. There was no holes in this game, but he's injured. He has an ACL tear, but he's still yep. recovering. Likely not going to play much, if at all, in 2023. So I look at those kind of players and I go, that's value to me. To me, that's how I go get a player like a Dak Prescott. Or, not saying he's Tom Brady, but it's how you get a player late in a late round like that. This guy wasn't dropping to the sixth round, but he wasn't likely to go in the first unless Levis was already gone, and then someone made that trade up. Yeah, I mean, going in the third round isn't awful for a guy who, as you know, is not going to be playing this year. Yeah, yeah, he he totally isn't. I mean, it would have to be Hendon Hooker was drafted in the third round, and I love who took him. The Detroit Lions. See, Detroit knows the assignment. They've got a quarterback in Jared Goff. They know he's possibly a free agent next year. Yep. So what do you do? Well, Jared Goff is probably not good enough to be a perennial Super Bowl quarterback. He may be good enough on a really good team to get you there, Mm -hmm. but he's not going to win Super Bowl for you. But if you think Hidden Hooker can be, and frankly, I do, I love that situation. Because I, you're going into, and we know how much I love the fighting Dan Campbells. I love Dan Campbell. I know. I love everything about that staff. I wish they still had Deuce Staley, but that's he's gonna he's going to where he went to because he wants to be a head coach soon. Um, this was the perfect place for Hidden Hooker. But are they gonna be able to build out the defense in a way? that they can actually play both sides of the ball. 
Oh, they already have. That defense is okay. already stacked. And what I loved also about their pick. Because, I mean, that was the big thing about Detroit. They could put points on the board, but they would let everyone else put points on the board against yeah. them. But they, if you look at the second half of this last season, they had a top five defense. And they went and got Jameer Gibbs in the first round, the running back from Alabama, which I think they were trying to get B. John Robinson and – he got taken at nine, and they just went shit while taking a running back, which I kind of wondered why they were taking a running back, and then we found out why on Saturday when they traded De- DeAndre Swift. Um, Jack Campbell, is there a new inside linebacker that he got from Iowa? And then they added a couple of pieces. I love the Brian Branch pick from Alabama, the safety. Again, you're just adding defensive players. Give me, give me yeah. talent, give me talent. And then Hendon Hooker in the third round. All right, you know how we have the, the Coach Bo is going to find a new team? Yes. They are, a, they are a team that Coach Bo is giving high consideration to. Even over the Bengals? I didn't say over the Bengals. I just said they're, <laughs> they're in the high consideration bracket. Okay. Okay, the Bengals are in there. The Lions are in there. And we're going to talk about that because you know we had some eliminations on Monday's okay. pop. So okay. I've got to catch you up on that. Yes. So the Hinton Hooker thing, and I I thought this guy that where I was mad, well, I wasn't mad. I'm not mad because I'm not a friend of theirs anymore. But what should have happened was again, he goes to a place where he's like the quarterback next year, but he will be in 2024. And you know who should have done this? The New Orleans Saints should have done this. That's exactly. And I'm sitting there on draft day going, okay, you want me back? Do you love me? Do you understand what I've gone through for you, New Orleans? Go get Hen and Hooker. I don't care if it was in the first round. I would have preferred it in the first round. You get okay. the and in the second round, they passed again. And then they passed again in the third round. And Hen and Hooker's gone. So, and then when I looked at the Saints draft, I just I put my head down and I laughed because I no longer have to deal with this. Yeah. It's a so, bit of a relief, isn't it? You could it it was it's freeing of my soul. So um, but they could have got me back. That's how they could have got me back, was Hen and Hooker. And they chose not to. I'm just saying now, for the record, I'm a better general manager than anybody in the building in New Orleans. Okay. Anybody in the building, like Mickey Loomis, has no clue about how to draft, and he has no clue of how accounting works. Look at their salary cap issues the last ten years. I know Jeff Ireland's a great, um, a great, he's a great picker of players. He understands players, but he doesn't have the final say. And it goes to show by looking who they fucking picked so far. Saints took Brian Brees in the first round, an oft injured Clemson front line. But look, I don't trust anybody from Clemson. Yeah. But I also don't trust the player that's been hurt each of the last three years. And then Isaiah Foskey was their next pick, Notre Dame. Um, he's a he's a defensive end who's a run stopper. I get why they picked him. But eh. And then DeAndre Miller, running back from TCU. I'm like, eh, again, 
There's better running backs out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and then the, I saw in the late fourth round, the Saints did try to take a quarterback. They take uh, Jake Hayner from Fresno State, who I've seen play. Decent quarterback. Yeah. Will never see the field. Okay. He'll just be a yeah. clipboard. He'll just be a clipboard guy. He'll, he's, he's a clipboard guy. He's a draft body and a clipboard guy. I mean, they took him in the fourth round. So, New Orleans Saints, I'm glad I'm gone. Fuck you. <laughs> you had a chance. You had a chance. Could have brought me back. You could have brought me back. I would have I would have been out there like Tom Benson with a goddamn umbrella. I would have done it. <laughs> nope. You, you fucked up. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. So... Uh, that's the way we're on the quarterbacks. That's where we're on these five quarterbacks. A um, couple of the things I want to talk about with the draft, and we'll make these kind of quick. The end of the first round, I thought it was interesting what the Chiefs did. So if you look at the end of the round, now, I don't think they went and got the best player available. Now, they draft uh, Felix Unduki Uzamaza, who's with K-State. He's a defensive end from K-State, good ball player. Um, I don't know if he's a first-round talent, but good, a really good player. He's also from Lee Summit, Missouri. Nice to have a local kid. Yep. Again, kind of surprised they didn't make a deal, but it, it, I thought I already spelled out why they didn't make a deal. They didn't need to. There was sure. nothing they could have gotten. The draft's in Kansas City. They're the last pick of the first night. The fireworks are going to go off. Everything else, so I don't. I think their intention the entire time was this pick. Okay. Uh, local kid, K Stater. It sends everybody home happy. Mm-hmm. And you can do that if you're the Chiefs because one, you're the defending champs, and you really don't have any holes to address. There's no necessarily need on the team. No one that was necessary has left. Okay. You can argue, yeah, we got to figure out those tackle situations. They addressed that a couple rounds later. I, I, I initially wanted to shit on the pick and go, man, you drafted a, a late second round guy at the end of the first round. But then I thought about it for like a minute and I thought, wait a minute, this is why they did this. Because I'm watching all the pomp and circumstance of the end of it, and I'm going, that's why. Okay, that's why they did this, and I can't blame them for doing that. Again, that situation's unique. Had it been anybody else there, that pick is not getting made like that. Sure, sure. Um, and from the snippets I've seen of like the calls to him, like yeah. he's getting drafted from the hunts and coaching yeah. staff and all that. Seems like a really sweet kid. <laughs> yeah, he, he is, from what I understand. Um, and again, it's a it's a local kid, local K Stater. Yep. And he's worthy of being a high pick. So while he wasn't the absolute best value, it makes sense in a shitload of ways. Yeah. So that was, I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, I thought the team that had the best first round, though, other than the Texans, is the goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. You know, as we were coming on, uh, Reese Davis was in her- interviewing your most favorite GM in the world. Howie Roseman. Yeah. Howie Roseman is the GOAT. Howie Roseman is the best general manager in the NFL today. He is the best general manager of this generation. 
<laughs> All right. The Eagles sit at nine, and they get the second best player in the draft in Jalen Carter. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm excluding the quarterbacks. They don't need quarterbacks. Right. There's no way Jalen Carter should have been sitting at nine. The Eagles are like, well, fuck. We might as well take him because sure. why wouldn't you? And then the Eagles are sitting there. And that's the pick they got from the Saints. They actually traded up one spot. They actually had the 10th pick, which is the pick they got from the Saints last year in the um, Chris Olave trade, where the okay. Saints traded this year's one to move up. And that's how good teams do things. They get extra picks early, and they draft depth. Mm-hmm. Now, Jalen Carter starting day one. <laughs> I mean, it's he's going to be awesome. He, like I said, he might be a Hall of Fame. And that's okay. how good he can be. I know there's a lot going on. He had some stuff off the field. Do you know the story of what happened with Jalen Carter? No. Oh, okay. he was the one that was involved in the car accident, right? In the car accident, yes. Now, here's why. Now, so he's not going to have any kind of legal issues over this. It was a total accident. But here's where I think, yeah, he wasn't, there was no. I don't think it's been determined that was an accident because they charged I, people for speeding. He, like they were racing. But he's not being charged. Right. Yeah, he's not being charged for anything. He was not in the wrong here. He was in one of the cars, though, right? Yes, he was in one of the cars. The hardest part is for Jalen Carter, if you think about this, is a 21-year-old kid lost two people he knew. Yeah. That's the hardest part for that kid. And that ain't easy. Yeah, because he wasn't able to be at the combine the full time because he had a court hearing that he had to go to, he right? He did. And, and people were giving him some shit about him leaving the combine or not participating fully in the combine. He, he could have stayed. He chose not to. But look, his mental health in that moment needed to be the first priority as well. He sure. lost two friends in that thing. Yeah. I mean, look, I've known you since we were that age. If we yep. were in a car accident and you and another friend of ours died, I wouldn't be right for a little while. Oh, for sure. I think it's asking too much this young man to say, okay, set all that aside. It's time to prep for the league. Yeah. You know, look, the guy's going to be fine. He's going to be fine on the field. He's going to be great. Give the young man some grace at this point, at this point right now, and let him mourn his two friends who died. Sure. And then we'll move on. But we go further down. The Eagles had their regular pick at 30. Mm-hmm. And they decide to finish off the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> and draft Nolan Smith from Georgia. That gives them five of the Georgia defensive players from their first national championship team from two years ago. Five. Oh, it is literally Thanos has put the glove on. <laughs> Look, and I know people will say, well, how do you know they're all going to be good? You know how I knew they're going to all be good? Because that fucking defense was the best defense in the history of college football. And they were all NFL prospects. Yeah. Thanos slipped the glove on. Howie Roseman gave that defense Thanos' infinity glove. The the, the guys, so the, to give you an idea, I actually got this earlier. The players we're talking about in this are 
They just added Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. Last year they drafted Keely Ringo, Jordan Davis, Nakobe Dean. And Nakobe Dean was one thing like in the fourth round. And I was like, dude, that's a first round guy. Um okay. told that he might be the he might be behind Carter, the best of all five. Um, those are five. It's five pro bowlers. The linebacking core, they play a three-four front. So they get the four linebackers. Mm-hmm. It's going to challenge the Saints linebackers of the early 80s, late 80s, early 90s of the Dome Patrol, which is the okay. best linebacking core of all time. The Eagles defense is stacked. And they run the football and they have a great quarterback. Howie Roseman has played this beautifully. I mean, think about what he's done. He's built a a great defense. He went and got A.J. Brown last year. He's already got another receiver as well. He makes a trade to go get DeAndre Swift for a fourth-round pick today as we record this. That's about why the Lions traded or why picked their running back, because they they wanted to trade off DeAndre Swift. Just when you think the Eagles are going to lose running backs – They'll get DeAndre Swift because they're going to play him as a committee. Sure. And they give Jalen, and then Jalen Hurts gets his money, and they did it without having to give him a fully guaranteed contract. Howie Roseman should get a round of applause. Howie Roseman should get a statue next to Rocky in Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. I tell you, best. Best GM in the NFL. He might be the best GM in all of sports. And the distance between him and number two is a pretty good widespread. This guy really knows what he's doing. I just phenomenal, phenomenal job. Nice. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out a couple of people, a couple of players I was looking at on this thing, but you know, kind of like a couple of players I um is it Detroit that picked this? I'll make sure I get this right. No, it was not. Damn it. I have to find this. So I thought Detroit did a lot. I thought that Hidden Hooker was a good one. I get, and get, again, Gibbs didn't make sense to me at first. Now they got DeAndre Swift out to paint that works. Um, but when I was looking at the rounds, I was looking at the third round. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> More Eagles great picks. They need a tackle. Let's look at Tyler Steen from Alabama. Yeah, because Alabama tackles, they tend to work really, really well in the NFL. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody that drafted, I saw a couple of like a couple other tackles. And I'm like, there's a difference in taking these Alabama guys, these Georgia guys. They they're just there. It's not that they play at a higher level, that is part of it. They're coached better. They're coached to be ready at that level as well. Okay. The other people I was looking at, two guys I was looking at, because they're two-lane guys, but they've also, because they're going to be really great pros. Um, Ty J. Spears was the American Conference Player of the Year. He was the one that ran for 200 yards in the um, um, the bowl game against USC this year, and two oh, lanes okay. up to USC. Goes in the third round to the Tennessee Titans. Okay. That's Derrick Henry insurance right there. That's Derrick Henry insurance. That, that's we can trade Derrick Henry because he can be our starting our starting running back. And okay. then the other one 
and this team has drafted well as well, is Buffalo. You know, when you're a team, you know, these teams that pick at the back of the first round, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have traditionally, last couple of years, have picked beautifully. Yes. The Eagles we talked about have picked beautifully. Um, I'm throwing Buffalo in there, and I'm telling you why. One, first-round pick, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is – his cop is Travis Kelsey, which is a lot to ask. He's not going to be Travis Kelsey. Okay. Um, I've seen him more as Jimmy Graham. An ex-basketball player, can't block worth a shit. He couldn't block me. Okay. But this, they're going to move this dude around the field and yeah. put him in spots. He's a man coverage nightmare. Okay. No one's going to cover this guy in the league one-on-one. Six foot six, big guy, big hands, catches the ball in his hands. Okay. Uh, from Utah. Great, great pick. Uh, Buffalo needed a guard. They get Osiris Torrance from Florida. I've seen this kid play phenomenal. One of the best guards in this draft. The only thing that Buffalo needed on their defense was someone in the middle of the field who could actually tackle. Okay. They went and got the college football tackling machine. Dorian Williams from Tulane, American Conference player, defensive player of the year, is uh-huh. the best tackler I have seen at the college level in five or six years. Okay. This dude can tackle. He is perfect when you have to play a quarterback spy because he can go sideline to sideline. Yep. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal player. Um, going to be a very good player. This is the, oh, you going to put Lamar against us? Oh, you want Burrow to get, or you want Burrow to get out of the pocket? Or, oh, you want Mahomes to get away? He ain't going far. Okay. This dude knows how to tackle. He is not going to let you get a lot of yardage. Okay. That was the perfect pick for Buffalo. So, I like that these teams, Buffalo, um, the Chiefs, and the Eagles, they understand that they understand who they are and where they're at. Mm-hmm. It's not always about the best player on the board. We always hear you pick the best player on the board, don't worry about anything else. There's truth to that, but also you got to go get the player whose skills are the best fit. That's what I think you should look at in those teams. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it could be the best, but if they don't fit the best with your program, yeah. Yeah. both sides are due to fail. Yeah. Buffalo went and got a player that I think his comp is Demario Davis. If you know Demario Davis, the, the, the pro bowler from the saints sideline to sideline. He's the guy who's on the field, every play, one of the best okay. tacklers in the league. Dorian Williams is supposed that same mold. Same kind okay. of size, speed, and, and he, the the reason he's not in the first, first round pick, which is too late. He goes to any of the bigger schools. He's a first round pick. So he's just also, didn't have the exposure. Yeah, he's also a middle linebacker. Middle linebacker tending not going to first round now, but a perfect addition to a really good defense. Okay. Um. Uh, that's sort of some of the, my takes on this. Um. We'll leave the NFL draft. We've got other stuff going on here. Okay, so let's transition now. We talked all about the NFL draft, and that's kind of long and tiresome. Um, but uh, right now, we want to thank our, our folks at DraftKings. DraftKings has been hooking us up, and um, 
They're a great sponsor here on the podcast. Right now, if you go to our show notes, you'll see a link. If you follow that link and you join DraftKings, you put in a $100 or more deposit, you're going to get $100 in free bets. Um, you'll also get a special bonus as well for larger deposits. I don't really want to get into all that right now. But remember to gamble responsibly. We, we always say around here, tip money is the way we do it around here. Yep. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the things we like to, that we might like points-wise coming up. But uh, as we transition, don't forget on DraftKings, you can not only – it's not just because football season's over – and college basketball may be over, but we still got the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball. There's still lots to have fun with. So if you're in the state, if you're in Louis, if you're in uh here in Kansas, if you're in Colorado where Ellen is, there are a number of states, hit it up, DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Remember again. And and note that with the Derby coming out next weekend, they now also have racing. That's so- right. You can also get all get all over the Kentucky Derby next weekend. That is one of those things I've never gone to. I would love to. It's on my bucket list. I've never gone to the Derby itself, but I have spent several Derby days at a dog track doing paramutual and simulcast betting oh. all day long. Okay. I always think when I think of dog races, I always think of the old Jeff Foxworthy joke. You bet on the dog and just, just poop before the race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that people seriously watch. I had no idea until yeah. I started going to a dog track. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I um, I don't know. I I, 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 don't, I haven't done that in a long, long time. I, I will probably get down to the Kentucky Derby, though. I'll have to do some research. And, yeah. I've heard it's great. Uh, my cousin met his wife there in the infield and have been together for X number of years. So you never him. know what could happen. Yeah. That, that's that's awesome. I've yeah. always wanted to do this the the, the the pomp and circumstance of the derby too. You know, you gotta dress up and yeah. wear the hats and all that stuff. I think it'd be fun to do. Yeah, I have some friends that live in Louisville and um they very much get into it and yeah, and it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, don't forget you can get down to the derby next weekend on DraftKings. Thanks, DraftKings, yep. for hooking us up. I got my DraftKings hat on. I got Thank a you. nice little package from my local DraftKings guy of some gear. And uh, very nice, yeah, yeah. I got got this and a couple of shirts and a couple of things to wear around. You know, if you, it was funny because I was wearing my wearing my DraftKings hat and T-shirt a couple weeks ago at my house, and the young man who mows my lawn, he's one of my old young man. He's a man now. He was one of my football kids years ago. Yep. And he goes, "Hey, Bo, um, how much do you have to play to get free gear from DraftKings?" <laughs> And I was like, more than I care to admit. <laughs> That's fair enough. So, yeah. Um, but hey, let's let's just talk about the NBA playoffs. This has been an exciting NBA playoffs. I know you've been going to the Nuggets games. In yes. Home. And, you know, I picked the Nuggets to win this thing. They're not disappointing me so far. They are doing exactly what I thought they would do, just win all the home games. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they did pick up one on the road, but I'm worried about the Suns series. I I am afraid that was some of the way that the Nuggets tend to play. They tend to stop playing in the third quarter for some reason yeah. on a regular basis. Um, but that could really hurt them. But just seeing how jazzed this team is, because it's so young, they are just 
excited and ready to go and ready to just finish the job. And it's, it's so funny because people are talking about Joel Embiid as MVP, and yet he's not going to be playing in the first game of the second round against the Celtics. Yeah. And you've got Jokic, who's just a workhorse and is throwing up double-double, triple-doubles every single night. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, we can't vote for him for MVP again. Yeah, there was – well, let's talk about that for a minute because there's not been a three-time MVP since Larry Bird. Right. And – I think that's a big part of it. I think there's people that don't want to make him a three-time MVP. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I think Embiid probably had a better season than Jokic. But what I will say, regular season, but what I will say is Joker is the best basketball player in the world right now. It's insane. I mean, he's he's better than Giannis. He's better than Embiid. He's better than Kevin Durant. He's better than, than LeBron. He is the best basketball player in the entire world right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's great that Jamal's fully healthy. He's non-restriction as he was towards the end of the season where they're kind of watching that knee from his ACL. Um, MPJ's playing great. You've got Aaron Gordon, who's just steady as can be. And you've got Bruce Brown and Christian Brown that are popping up randomly. Yeah, is having a hell of a postseason too. So it's nice seeing them have enough weapons that, like last season, they were having to ride Jokic so much because Murray yeah. was out and MPJ was out. They've got full health yeah. pretty much at this point. So if they can maintain it, it's going to be an exciting month and a half yet. Yeah, I think this is a great series. The Suns and the Nuggets, the Suns are playing really good. But I wonder, though, if the Suns are playing great basketball or if their first round was against a team they should have beaten and should have beaten up pretty good. They did. They beat them up pretty good. Yeah. I, I tend to think the Nuggets are the better team. And I do like that the Suns – I like that the Nuggets are more than just Jokic. They – I love Michael um, – um, MJP – uh, Michael Porter Jr. or MPJ. Yep. Yeah, I get it mixed. Anyway, okay. Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> um, I love what, what what they're doing with Gordon. Um, I think it's a great team. I just they're athletic. They get up and down the court, but they also can play in a half court. Yeah, and nobody can do both. Like the Lakers can play in the half court, but they can't play. And they, yeah, they. Uh, we're going to talk about them in a second, but. Uh, they can play in a half court, but they're not going to get up and run up and down court with you. They're too old. They too can't. Old. They don't have the legs for it. No. Yeah, LeBron's too old, and Anthony Davis is just too – Anthony Davis is not old, but he plays old. Yes. He Anthony Davis looks like the dude that plays in the Sunday uh, the Sunday morning game at the rec center. Yep. You know, the old dude who's bandaged up and just out there playing? Yeah. Like, like you don't want that smoke at the rec center. But we're talking about the NBA playoffs. Right. <laughs> And what, you know, what LeBron did last night, you know, had an amazing game. He's had a great playoff series. They played their way into the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know, because of their age, say the Nuggets meet them in the Western Conference Finals, I'm not sure they'll have the legs to get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's going to catch up to the Lakers. The Lakers is going to catch up to them. Um, they – Murdered the Grizzlies last night. Yes, um, you know they beat them by forty. 
in the last game, uh, win the series 4-2. The Grizzles just did not have they, – they were really a team even throughout the last second half of the season were on the downslide. I mean, you got all the stuff with John Morant. Yeah. Um, I still like the Kings. I still like the um, – I'm sorry, the, I still like the Nuggets. Um, going back to talking about the Nuggets, I think that the Nuggets are going to beat the Suns. And I I still like the Nuggets to win this whole thing. And I think they're going to get help on the east side too because we've already seen a couple of upsets. And it's like, okay, um, they're making this road a little bit easier. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, the money that I have sitting out there on the Nuggets to win it all is is looking better and better each day, to be sure. And yeah. um, it'd be nice if it were just a bit easier. And, you know, frankly, this Warriors-Kings series has maybe been some of the best basketball in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and so at Game 7 tomorrow is going to be fantastic to watch. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to Game Seven. I that game is that game is in Sacramento, correct? Uh yes. Okay, I I like that it's in Sacramento. I like that Kings team. Yeah, and, I want them to win so bad. I can't. I don't know if I can Warriors, pick them, but I just want them to win. Yeah, the Warriors, Warriors can't out. win on the road. So no, they've been horrible on the road, and I just don't like anything about the Warriors. <laughs> I don't like Draymond Green. He's my, my least favorite player in this whole league. I don't like Steph Curry. Um, I hate Klay Thompson. I hate the way they play basketball. I find no redeeming quality of the Golden State Warriors at all. If there was one team that I wish their bus would blow up, it would be the Golden State Warriors. I hate oh, everything wow. about them. I hate their get down. I hate everything. The only thing I like about them is their coach. I think Steve Kerr is a great coach, and I yes. like his I like his get down on social issues. But nobody else in that team do I like at all. Okay. So I will be rooting hard for the Kings on Sunday night. Okay. I will not get to watch the game because my wife and I are going out to dinner. It's our anniversary on Mondays. We're doing Sunday night. Oh, well, that would be nice. Yeah. So with Jen, Jen and I are going to do that. So. Um, but you Saturday's be, game, you'll be there. Way, you'll yeah. be able to watch the game because it's one thirty tip off. Oh, then I will watch the game. I got you. I appreciate you. Good, good looking out there. Yep. Saturday night's game. By the time you hear this, the game will have been played. But you're going to be at the game Saturday night. We'll be. I'm with you on the Nuggets. They got to get game one. Get game one. If the Nuggets can just hold home court. In this series, they'll be fine. Because yes. they'll steal one in, in Phoenix. Just don't let Phoenix that. steal one from you. Yeah, yeah. No, they have to hold home court. Um, I agree. It would be great if we could steal one in Phoenix. Um, also, as a side note, I find it very interesting what the Suns and the Mercury are doing with their uh, going to a broadcast network for their basketball rights. They're not staying with the RSNs. Um, just on business point, but uh, yeah, if if we can hold court and just run with it, we'll be good. Yeah. So that's Saturday night. Sunday's games, we've got um, the Heat and Knicks game yep. one. Um, playoff Jimmy has returned for the Damn, Heat. Man. Did you see oh. that game the other night? 
Holy sh! It wasn't just last like two nights ago. It was yeah. this whole series. He just yeah. he decided I'm Jimmy Butler, and playoff Jimmy's returning, and Giannis can go home. And, and yep. he basically sent Giannis home by himself. Yeah, I think that if we talked about early in the year as the Heat are one of those teams where coaching matters. A lot of teams in the NBA coaching does not matter. Yeah. But they're one of the very few, and it's because they have one of the best coaches. Spolstra is great. Yeah. Great. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. It's all set. For sure. Um, and Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's been phenomenal. I like the Heat over the Knicks. Now, that's not a knock on the Knicks. I like the Knicks in the first round. I picked them to win the first round. I like the Heat here in the series just because – I. Playoff Jimmy can take off and can go win you four games out of seven oh, in this series. Absolutely. And I don't know uh, how Julius Randle's, what was it, his ankle that he twisted the other night? Yeah. So I don't know what impact that's going to have yeah. on the Knicks either. Yeah. And then uh, then we have, so that's the early game on ABC. And then the second game, Warriors-Kings. Let's all just... Let's all heal our country by coming together and rooting <laughs> against Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry. For let's just root against them on. Let's let's root for the Kings. Everyone likes an underdog. Yes. Let's root for the Kings together. Let's all come together as one nation and punch this fucking Warriors team right in the mouth. Let them be gone. So we never have to see this group of fucking people together again. Because if they don't win at all, they're going to separate this team. Draymond will be gone. I got a prediction for you on Draymond. Hmm. Draymond ends up in Memphis. Ooh. Yep. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But Draymond is the guy who's going to end up leaving. He's he's not staying. He's going to end up in Memphis. Yeah, that seems really weird. Yeah, watch. Okay. That's one of those, you know, I reach on some shit sometimes. This one makes a ton of sense to me. That's okay. Because the Warriors are not winning this thing. They, they, they might beat the Kings, but they have no chance of winning this, this whole thing. Agreed. Yeah. Um, in Monday's games, the Sixers and the Celtics, this will be, that game will be game one. Um, we're hearing Embiid may not be playing on game, yep. game one. He announced um, that he was doubtful, so. Yeah. Now, what I will say, if Embiid's playing, I like the Sixers. It's hard but, not to. I mean, if yeah. the guy's constantly putting up 45-plus points yeah. a game. But the Sixers can beat the Celtics without him. And here's okay. why. The Celtics are the new kings. This team can totally shoot themselves into any game. They can beat you by 30 on any given night. Yeah. But they can totally shoot themselves out of a game. And they almost shot themselves out of the first round. Against the Hawks, yeah. Against the Hawks. Um, they just will not. And and this is why I think the Suns are going to get beat too. They will not adjust who they are. They are going to keep it late in the game. If you just need to get a bucket. As good as Jason Tatum is, yeah. they are going to settle for some bullshit look at a three. 
And sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't. This is what the Warriors have done to the NBA. This yeah. is why I don't like the Warriors. <laughs> every team, um, my boy Elwood out. I'm going to shout out Elwood here. We have been texting every night we watch NBA games now uh-huh. because we refer to this as an epidemic now. It's a straight up epidemic in the in the NBA. Every team thinks they can shoot like the Warriors can. Now look, the one thing the Warriors can do is that everybody on a fucking roster except for Draymond Green can shoot. And you notice Draymond now knows he can't shoot. He doesn't even try. Yeah. But he's a great defensive player. I'll give him that. But now everyone thinks they can shoot like that, and they can't even fucking make free throws most of the time. I'll give you an example. The Celtics are the main example of this. They'll start going out. They'll be in a game. They'll be up 10. Uh-huh. It'd be four minutes to go in a game, and they'll start fucking shooting threes. Like, oh, we got an open look. Being an open look doesn't mean it's a good look. You got to shorten the game when you got the lead. Yeah. I mean, it's the money ballification of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It's saying that. So I'll give you another example. The Suns, last week I was watching one of the Suns games, and they were up 20. It was 19. It got down to a three-point game mm-hmm. in four minutes. Yeah. The Suns, this is what this is late in the fourth quarter. This is what like there's two minutes left in the game at this point. It's down to a three-point game. The Suns had shot nothing but three-pointers for seven straight possessions. Yeah. Hadn't made any of them. Yep. Meanwhile. Their opponents coming down, making shots, making shots, making shots. Me and Peyton were watching the game. We counted seven possessions in a row. And not only did the Suns settle for a three, but Kevin Durant did not get the ball. Hmm. Booker brought the ball up. Mm-hmm. They tried to spread it where he can make a play. He settles for a three. Or he passed to Paul, and Paul shot a three. Yeah. Now, look, we know I'm no Kevin Durant fan. But if I have Kevin Durant on my team and you're going to bring two guys at Devin Booker and I've got a 19-point lead, and even that 19-point lead has slipped to eight and there's three minutes to go in the game, do you know who I want to have the ball in his hands? Yeah. I want Kevin Durant to have the ball in his hands. One, he might score, which, I mean, he is a great scorer. Yes. The other thing is, is if you foul him, he is going to make free throws. Yes. Suns lost one of those games in the first round because they missed eight free throws in the last two minutes of a game. Of those eight free throws, you know how many Kevin Durant shot? None. Zero. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul missed two. Yeah. Chris Paul would miss many, many. But when, when those three can't make a fucking free throw, how do you think they're going to make a three-pointer? It's driving me crazy watching some of these teams. And it's the the Golden State Warriors it, it personify this. Yeah. Get the ball, get to the three-point line, and chuck it. Yep. The reason the Nuggets are going to win this whole thing is the Nuggets can run with you. Yes. And they can play in the half court, and they're not afraid to settle for a deuce. Oh, no, not at all. 
The reason that the Sixers are the best team in the East? Because they're not afraid to settle for a douche. Fair. The Lakers do the same thing. The Lakers, Lakers were like 40 last night. Lakers lost games in this series because LeBron's chucking. Anthony Davis is chucking threes. Look, if I have Anthony Davis on my team, his ass would be living under the fucking basket. He's supposed to be in the paint, and that's it. I don't want to see Anthony Davis away from the paint unless he's setting a pick for somebody. Right. Um, it was the same thing. Who was I watching? I was thinking the same thing over the East. I was watching one of the games. Um, it's one of the things, so I guess the opposite of it is what Embiid has done. Embiid has embraced that. Being in an old school center. He's just said, okay, fuck it. I can get down here and beat everybody down here. So he's embraced the idea of, I'm not coming up unless I'm setting a pick for somebody. Yeah. And I just see it so often now. Um, the, 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 the Timberwolves were another one. Their bigs want to play. Carl Anthony Towns wants to play 25 feet from the basket. Get your yeah. big, tall ass up under the motherfucking basket. Yeah. You're powerful. And same with Anthony Edwards, too. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That team should be so much better than they are. And Mike, I mean, Mike Conley played great in that series. Yeah. But you, if you can't play a role, I was talking to Elwood about this as well, and um, and I think we're going to get him on here and talk about the playoffs here in a couple of weeks. You ever think about the players from our generation? Like, there's players from the eight, in the '90s, especially. Uh-huh. The big men would have absolutely. Like, I've been hearing for years, well, they wouldn't have been as good. Like Shaq. I'm like, do you know he'd be the best player in the league? Like, no doubt. Like Charles Barkley today would dominate this league. That I'm not sure on. Just uh-huh. so my my only caveat to that is if the teams aren't willing to feed it into the paint because they've determined that from a shot efficiency and a scoring efficiency standpoint, mm-hmm. the majority of the shots are going to be taken mid range or out. Yeah. If they don't get the touches, they yeah. can't. But that's what now the 76ers and the Nuggets have done to disprove that. They're disproving that idea because they're saying we can be more efficient because they value every possession. That's the other thing that I think gets lost in the whole, you call it the money ball thing. It's very much a money ball thing, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't value the possession. And especially later in games, every possession is more valuable the later in the game it is. That's yes. where you have to throw the money ball stuff out in a way. Um, you know, it's just like in baseball, the money ball thing. Yeah, it works over 162 games. Right. When you get to the playoffs, it doesn't work as well. Right. You know, and so it's the same thing. When you get late into a game, every possession means more. So, yeah, it's great. You can steal a three here and there. Mm-hmm. But if you steal a three, you miss the three, and you know you're a, a great team's going to shoot about 35 to 38%. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's call it a little better than one out of three. Two times you've given up possession, most likely. But if I can shoot 50% from the from the field in the two-point possession, in a two-point game, yeah, I'm only giving up one possession. Right. And, and probably if I'm a team that's better around the basket, 
I'm probably going to get more offensive rebounds as well. Sure, because you've got people pinned down there. That's right. What, what would be interesting to that point is <clears throat> would because you, you look at Jokic, he's a seven footer. He can shoot well from outside. He's got a great three. Passes like nobody's business. He's the most well-rounded player probably in the league. Oh, yeah. Would the bigs from our day in the 90s, would they be willing? Because that's one thing with, like, Embiid. He's moved his game back. He's got a solid three. He's got a good mid-range. Would they be willing to get that step back, get out onto the arc, and – have that more complete shooting arc instead of just banging it inside. Yeah. The three players I said uh, that would love to watch play today. Mm-hmm. One is Shaq. Shaq was so dominant in the basket, you wouldn't ask him to go out. Mm-hmm. Okay, just feed him the ball. Feed him the ball. I mean, that's just, you would change how you play the game. Charles Barkley is someone that today would absolutely dominate because he would step out once in a while yeah. and be asked to make that shot. He could do it. He just didn't because that wasn't the game back then. Mm-hmm. Look, half the players in the NBA right now, half the guards in the league right now that play every day have more career three-pointers than Larry Bird. Right. There's only one player in the NBA who's a better shooter than Larry Bird. You just ask him okay. to play, play. But if Larry Bird played today, uh-huh. he would be a top-five player. Definitely. He would be one of the best. I mean, he he would make Kevin Durant look like a second tier player because he would be able to step out and do that, take you off the right. dribble, make a shot, rebound as well. The third player I was thinking I would love to see just because no one could, could, could guard this guy. I was watching the Laker game. This was the Lakers in the last series, and I was watching um, Anthony Davis under the basket. He mm-hmm. made up. He's money from like eight, ten feet. You put the ball in hand. He gets high enough. It's going in. Sure. One, someone teach Anthony Davis a fucking hook shot. If he had <laughs> a prima ball hook shot, that those motherfucker would never miss, and he would extend his career till he's forty years old. Um, but the player I'd love to see, because he would dominate down low, is Kevin McHale. Mm. Because nobody has post moves. And no one could defend that guy. Yeah. Not a single player in this league could defend Kevin McHale. That would, would be interesting. When I get to heaven or hell, wherever I'm going one day, <laughs> I'm going to sit down and come up with the way to, to play that game out. I'm going to take the best players from my childhood, put them against the best players from my kid's childhood, and we're going to win my fifth. Okay. I get to coach my team. Peyton gets to coach his team. I would like to have LeBron. The, I think the guy absolutely would love that. I think could play back then was LeBron. Sure. I mean, he would still be just as dominant in our generation as he is now. But so many of those guys from our generation would come in now and clean this fucking place up. I mean, and you talk about like players, like we talk about the three point thing. Yep. You tell me Steve Kerr wouldn't have been a star nowadays. Oh, God. He would have been stupid. Here's one. Imagine how good he died young. Imagine how good Reggie Lewis would have been. Remember Reggie Lewis, the Celtics? Oh, oh okay. my God, Mr. Midrange, because I mean, yeah. he was like Carmelo Anthony good. 
but he could step out to the three-point line, but he just didn't do that in the 90s, in the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, my God. This guy would have dominated today. And, mm-hmm. and it would have been interesting to see a Steph Curry back in the 90s. Yes. But the teams wouldn't have played that way. Uh-uh. Teams come forward now, I think they would, and it would be interesting. There's just there as many good shooters back then. Like, yeah. I'm still convinced that Steph Curry is not the greatest shooter of all time. I still think it's Pistol Pete Maravich. Maybe that's the LSU homer in me. Yeah. But Pistol Pete Maravich could throw up shots that Steph Curry still can't make. Sure. Yeah. Somewhere in, and when they when he's gone, when Steph Curry dies, he should go play horse with Pistol Pete Maravich. And he's oh, not going to win. That would yeah. definitely be fun to see. That would be the funnest thing ever a horse, ma- a horse game between Steph Curry and Pistol Pete Maravich. Steph yeah. Curry and Larry Bird would be a good one too. Oh yeah, it would. Yeah. So that I this NBA playoffs has gotten interesting. Now we got even some, you know, we're getting it down, obviously. But I think the teams that are going to be better are these teams that are that are not afraid. They value possessions and they don't settle on threes. Yeah. The Boston Celtics are the best one to ten basketball team in the Eastern Conference. But the way they play, they will not win. If the Sixers don't get them, the Uh Heat will. Yeah. Because you cannot play that way unless you are the anomaly. And the Warriors have been the anomaly. Teams that have tried to be the Warriors can't do it because they don't have that guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, The one player who thinks he can be that guy is Trey Young. Um, and Trey Young hit a couple of massive shots in that first round. Yeah, and I was did. like, oh shit. He cost me two hundred dollars on the game. That goddamn bucket at the end of the game. Like, no, like it was not a good look. Like it wasn't a good look. It I wouldn't have cut guarded him out that far either. Sure. And he made the shot. And I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes you take your cap and you go, dang, but great shot. There was that backdoor cover that you weren't expecting. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. So yeah, um, but I'm still strong. I'm still strong on the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are going to do this thing. I hope so. No, I know you're rooting for them. I'm, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon with you. Good. Do you watch the NHL? I know we went to the Avalanche game together. A month we ago. did. I've caught some of it, but because there's been basketball same nights, yeah, I've been primarily watching the NBA. But yeah. I mean. The Avs are taking it to game seven after that victory the other night. So I watched some of the Bruins game the other day, um, but I haven't watched a ton. I have been glancing at it, and maybe it's because, like, I'm weird. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I watch way too much sports. Um, I have had so much fun watching the NHL playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. the games I'm really getting into have been these late night games, these West Coast games, Edmonton and the Kings. I watched every game of those. That series, uh-huh. those are two great teams out west. Um, I think whoever wins that series is going to win the West. Uh, I've watched a little bit of. I've, I have watched parts of each of the Bruins games. Uh huh. Um, boy, they they're slipping though. They're having problems. Yeah. Um, had the best record in the whole league, and now they're they're in a dogfight. But uh, those games have been so – the playoff hockey, the atmosphere comes through on television. Absolutely. 
I I got to attend a game. I got to figure out a way to get to a game. Now, I cannot come to Denver and go to an Avs game if they play the Oilers because I'll wear a Connor McDavid jersey. I don't want to get stabbed. So, so yeah. which is funny. So, a good friend of mine, um, he and his sister went to the second game, and she lives outside of Seattle and was wearing cracking gear. Uh-huh. And she said that everyone was very lovely to her. Really? Yes. So, Last season, Peyton and I were thinking about going. He was game six when the Oilers played the Blues. Uh-huh. We're going to go to St. Louis. And that's, that's yeah. going to hop and jump to St. Louis in the morning and be there in the afternoon. Sure. And I said, you know, this is a bad idea. A couple nights before, I was like, we were thinking about it. We hadn't got tickets yet. We're like, we'll get them. We'll see if we want to do this. And I said, you know why? Because if we go in there in the Oilers gear, the Blues fans might murder us. That's because it's the STL. They're a little different over there. Yeah. But I... I, hmm. So it's something to consider. I'm just saying from her experience. I might have to take you. We might have to do that because I do think that the Avalanche will get past the Kraken. It's been a good series, too. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. And for, I mean, the second-year expansion team, I mean, the Kraken have been great. And and I do think that Edmonton's going to slide by the the Kings. I'd like to see them win Saturday night, so they don't have to go to a game seven. Sure, um, that's been a competitive series. I think the winner of that series wins the West, and I think honestly, the winner of that series is probably going to win the whole thing. Oh, okay, I do. I I think even if, if the Kings win, I think the Kings are going to win the West. I think the Kings are going to win the unless the Bruins really get their shit together. Okay. I mean, they're just not playing the same way. I know they didn't have Bergeron for the first four, three games of the series. Yep. And he came back and was a monster in game four, but he didn't play well last night. And Yeah, because he got hurt the uh, last regular season game, right? Yeah. 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 And the Bruins are going to need Bergeron if they're going to make a deep run. He's yeah. Their yeah. Best player. You can take your best player off any team and think you're going to make a deep run in the playoffs of any, any sport. No, no. But if people who are listening, if you're, if you're listeners, if you're not, if you haven't checked it out, I mean, even if it's checking out the beginning of the game and then the third period, it's totally worth it. And the atmosphere that you see that's live really does come off well on TV. It absolutely does. I think it comes off better on TV than any other atmosphere in sports. Yes. Yeah. I every game feels so huge. And yes. And even in seven game series, you know, like your odd game three, four, five isn't always as important, you know, but man, they all feel huge. It's good fun to watch. So yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm not a I'm not a hockey guy necessarily. I've never I've never I've, I've ice skated before, but I've never played hockey before in my life. Most but, people haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but what I do like about it is that so I guess this is the coach in me mm-hmm. I can watch and pick up sports pretty quickly mm-hmm. um you know how things the movements of games yep. um but, you know I'm not a basketball expert but I can pick up the movements of the game sure I find hockey to be even more movement than basketball oh for sure which it's just I mean and it's all over the ice all at one time yeah. 
And I just think it's pretty cool. I, I've gotten into that. I've gotten into that pretty hardcore. Like I've, right these, these games have been going till 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and I'm still watching. <laughs> like, that, I, I mean, need, I needed to go into bed. I need to be going to bed. I can't go to bed. <laughs> that, I, that's been the hard thing with that first round for the Nuggets game is because first game didn't start until 8.30. Second game yeah. was at 8. You're getting home at midnight, and it's just like, damn. NBA doesn't care about West Coast teams that aren't on Pacific time. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it's hard for Denver, like, for like Denver especially, because you're right. You're not on Pacific time. You're on Mountain no. time. That extra hour. You it sucks. Know. I mean, I felt bad for the Timberwolves fans because they're in Central time. Yeah. Starting a game at 930 local. Yeah. What kind of bullshit is that? But it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's craziness. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, wanted to ask you the last thing I got. We're going to get up out of here soon. Is I uh, wanted to ask you saw that KU, KU basketball. You got yourself a recruit coming in. Yep. Arterio Morris. Yep. Five star kid transferring from Texas. Yep. Um, I have a question. I'm twofold on the question here. One, do you know anything about this kid? I don't know. I just saw the. Headline five star kid coming to Kansas. Um, I so my understanding, and I'm not sure what the scope of it is. There were some off court issues last year. Um, so at least from the fan base point of view, there's some questioning as to why they're wanting to bring him in to the system. He was he wasn't a huge uh point scorer, if I remember correctly, uh-huh. but a lot of skill, a lot of talent, obviously five star guy, and you know. Maybe Rodney Terry at Texas just isn't the right fit for him, and he jumped into the portal. Biggest thing for me, I'm still waiting on Hunter Dickinson and what he's going to do. Yeah, so I was going to ask about Hunter Dickinson Dickinson in a second. I was curious on the Texas kid because I did see where one of their high school recruits, I don't know if you saw this, one of Texas's high school recruits just um, exited from his letter letter of commitment. And he's going to Australia to go play in the NBL. He's going to play for the same team that um, that uh, Lonzo Ball played for. Interesting. But I didn't know if that was a if it was because there's something going on in Texas making kids want to leave. Um, I did see that where again one of the kids says, you know, fuck it, I can't, I can't play, can't go to the NBA for a year. I'll go to, um, to Australia. The American players kill it in Australia, by the way. They're, yeah. No, I, I have no doubt. Um, that's interesting, though, because, you know, there's been such a push with overtime elite. And, uh, you know, there was thought that with the new CBA, they may kill uh, the one year of separation. But yeah. that's that's sticking around. Yeah. Uh, and clearly... The G League isn't pulling some of the talent that I, they might want to directly from high school. Yeah. Well, we've seen a couple players who've already gone to Europe yeah. in a year and come back. It's worked a couple times now. We saw Lonzo Ball went to Australia and came back. Um, so I, I do find that kind of interesting that Texas lost that, and then they lose a recruit to Kansas. Um, yeah. But I think you brought up a great one. I, I'm looking to see what happens to this kid, too. Hunter Dickinson. I think it would be a terrific fit at Kansas. Oh my God. It would be so much fun to have a big again. <laughs> and, and not just the big, this guy is like, 
this guy's an actual center. Yeah. Like this guy, he's got great. I was saying, I was gushing over this kid this past season, saying I think he was better than Zach Eaton. Yeah. And the reason being is that he actually has good feet and good yeah. hands. Yeah. And I'm like, when I heard he was going to the portal, I was like, oh, holy shit. Honestly, I'm surprised he didn't just go to declare for the NBA draft. Um, maybe he wasn't going to be a lottery pick, but to me, that guy's got a 10-year NBA career just written all over it. And he might. And the thing of it is, I think, you know, with NIL, these kids are having to take yeah. additional evaluation of, yeah. can I make a million dollars? There were rumors floating around in and around when Hunter visited that there was a $2 million NIL deal thrown at him. Yeah. Here, when he visited Kansas, he's visiting Villanova, uh, Kentucky. What, Kentucky. Um mm-hmm. That'd be a tough one for the. I can see not going to Villanova. For Kansas, I think the tough part is getting him over Kentucky because Kentucky is a place where bigs have gone and gone to the NBA and the stars. But it's not yeah. like he's going to get. But he's going to get great coaching. Bill Self's proven. Yes. You can. He can coach bigs. And well. my, yeah, from what I've heard, Self went to go see him. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen if he's been to Lawrence yet. So he was in Lawrence last weekend. The last, okay. He was supposed to come in on Thursday. Uh, His flight was delayed, ended up getting in Friday. Spent Friday evening at the Boom Boom Room. Um, And left Saturday. All accounts were, the visit was great. Family really liked it. But it's just been silent since then. And so... uh, saw from Mike Vernon that, you know, self quietly went out and visited him post visit, yeah. went to his place. So they they're thinking maybe early next week he yeah. might declare where he's going, but I don't know. Yeah. I I think he's a again, I'm not the Kansas basketball basketball expert here, but to me he seems like he's the kind of addition that that team could use. Yes. I mean we didn't I, have big this year and we were exposed because of it yeah and i just gushed on the kid because i saw him play and i this year and i was like my god this kid can play basketball i mean he was to me he was the best big man in the country and and i don't think he was even close i mean like people love zach Eady this year at purdue and i know he's he's seven foot four but he's awkward doesn't have good hands this kid's seven one with great hands, yes, and and great feet, yep. and if you have good feet at twenty years old, you're just going to get even better. I mean, yep. footwork for a big man and great hands. Like I said, to me, he's an, a future NBA star. Yeah, agreed. I just so I, I I would love to see him as the, not even a Jayhawk fan, but I'd love to see him with the Jayhawks because it'd be exciting locally to have him. Oh, it'd be so great. So we'll call him up. Anybody call him up. Let him know if he needs a driver while he's in Lawrence. You know, I've done some stuff <laughs> with other guys. I'd be happy to help out Hunter as well. So, there you go. Yeah, I'm still. Oh, and Jalen, I'm still waiting on my package. Okay. Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure tell, he does. I'll tell you. Okay. We need to have the whole music like Bomani does. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Hey, let's get up. With all that, we covered a lot of space today. So let's get up out of here. Uh, again, we want to shout out our, our great sponsor, DraftKings, one last time uh, for sponsoring the pod today. Uh, also, we want to uh, you know shout out to Stitch Fix. Uh, don't forget, show notes will be a link. Save $25 from your first box of Stitch Fix. Um, it's that time of year. Spring has sprung. We're getting ready for summer in a couple months. Got to refresh your wardrobe. Great way to do it is Stitch Fix. I mean, I love it myself. I don't. I hate shopping, so it's a great way to do it. I got my last box, and I loved seven out of eight pieces, and I gave the eighth to Pate. It worked out great. Nice. So, yeah. That's one thing when you have a son that's your size. You can just hand stuff off to them, and they're appreciative. Yeah. And it was, and it was like, it was eight pieces for $200. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, let's be clear about that. It wasn't eight pieces for 400 or 800, like a previous competitor we used to talk about. We're talking quality stuff. I got eight different items, shirts, shorts, um, all sorts of different stuff, 200 bucks. And you can go cheaper. You can go cheaper than that. You can say, I just want this or that. You can go monthly, quarterly, whatever you want. Check it out. They got a great app as well. So check that out. And again, the best way to do it is use our link in the show notes. You get $25 off your first box. It helps us out as well. So thanks, Stitch Fix, for helping us out today. E, uh, anything else you want to jump in here on the end? No, man. Happy anniversary. Hope you guys have a lovely dinner on Sunday. And we'll just circle up next week. Yeah, we'll do that. And then, uh, hey, I want to send a shout out to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox. Thanks for all you do behind the scenes. Um, I may be going with Tyler to a race here in a couple weeks. About a month. We'll see. He wants me to come down into the race of Dallas. So nice. Let's see how things progress. We'll, we'll see. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five star review. Uh, I'll be back on Monday. So between uh, now and then, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. That's, of course, Ellen Winginger. Uh, have a great week. And remember, your time tokens are non refundable. Take care, everybody.